What's up today, man? What's up with everybody? We got Chris Cobb over there. Yep, Chris, thank you very much for what you're doing with us. Chris Corn on the Cobb. Welcome back to the Talk Hard podcast, where the whole point of this is just to talk about things in a more open and honest matter. And in the theory behind that, this is hard for some people to hear. So that's where this talk hard comes from. Like we're going to talk about things that may be a little hard for you to hear, but it's our opinion, the truth. I'm not a doctor. Marty's not a doctor. These are just opinions. Don't go run with this. And if you want to be a doctor, go Google it. That's a better doctor than we are. Um, So today. This is the truth as we see it anyway. Yeah. Today I want to talk about fear. The illusion of fear. Okay. Just fear in general, like where, where it takes place in your life. Now I'm not, I'm not talking about like, you know, I'm afraid of heights. I'm talking about like, I'm afraid of doing something because. So I, I was thinking about this this morning on the way to the gym and I, I came up with my own fun little acronym that, that fear is factual evidence against rewards. What? Is that a brand new acronym for fear? Now, this isn't an actual true acronym, but when we tell it to ourselves, this is what fear means. We have placed factual evidence against a reward that we are trying to get to. We let fear get in the way and we try to predict the future. So this is what we're doing. We're saying, I can't start a business because, and you go run down the rabbit hole of all your fears. Well, again, I think, you know, for me, I know that fear is usually based off a, off a belief system mm-hmm. and that belief system is embedded in us as, as children. Right. Yeah. Uh, and, and it just continues on, you know, it could go further and further down a rabbit hole, but you know, like a lot of people have this subconscious fear in them, including myself. And, and I had it for many years to do anything with my life. Cause I was afraid of failure. And that's, that's, probably the number one thing. And, and then the fear of that is, you know, and I think this is something I struggle with a lot. What is people going to think? Right. You know, and, and what, what, what is my friends going to think? What is social media going to think? What is, you know, my kids going to think what it's just, I, I don't like to fail at anything. So even in active addiction, I didn't like to fail. I, I you know, which is a, 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 you know, an oxymoron, if right, you will. Right. But I didn't like to fa- fail at anything. So I never tried at anything. Right. Like I was real good at putting my middle finger in the air and, and, and drinking, drinking some Jack Daniels, you know what I mean? And, and, and saying F everything, you know, I was real good at that. And I, I succeeded very well at that, but having that fear kept me in that state for 20 years, you know, if I, if I never try at this, and well, first off, it's based off of, uh, you know, I'm not good enough. I'm not smart I'm enough. Good enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm too fat, too I'm not, skinny. I'm not good looking no enough. Likes me. No, I'll yeah. never make enough money. The, the problem I see with fear is, is I, I heard someone speaking about like fear is just our brain's way of predicting the outcome, right? Like we're Keep going safe, to, right? we're going to predict because that's what the brain does. It's a prediction model. Like it, it, it looks into and then tries to protect itself. So it's going to say, we're going to take the data we have, we're going to run with it and we're going to predict what's going to happen. Right? So if you've crashed a million times on your bicycle, then you're going to probably be afraid of riding a bike because you just believe the world's against you or you just might suck at riding a bike. But the bottom line is your brain as a, as a protective prediction model stops you from doing things based on fear. And most people say, well, 
you know, that's happened to me. I, I've tried opening five businesses or I've tried getting sober a thousand times right. or I've tried and I've never succeeded. Mm-hmm. Sweet. I say good. Now you've just learned a thousand different ways how not to do it. <laughs> so perfect. Yes. Right? Like that's what Thomas Edison said. He's posting about this this morning. Somebody. If he would have stopped at the thousandth time, we wouldn't even have electricity right. or light bulbs or whatever the hell you invented. You know, like I was looking up cool quotes and I was like, damn, like that one struck a chord with me a while ago. And I even had to look back because it didn't matter who said it. It was just factual. Like it's not about failing. Failing is a good thing. You need to embrace it. Like being afraid of failing is going to be the biggest downfall of your life. I think that's what, that's what I was saying. Like it was a subconscious implanted in my brain that failure is bad from, 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 Grade school, from oh, yeah. from childhood, from parents. Mainly, a lot. Of, I think a lot of people comes from their parents. Not so much with me, but a lot. You know, mine came from school and failing and getting. I mean, you fail in class. What happens? Oh yeah, everybody judges you, and now you're everybody's the laughing at you. Yeah, yep. even back then, even the teachers laughed at you. You know, they they weren't so uh, uh, sensitive like they are nowadays. You know what I mean? Right. Um, you know, and then you got made fun of and then you got bullied because you made a mistake and you, 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 you know what I mean? Or you just didn't care. Right. Like, let's be honest. I barely graduated high school, like a 1.52 GPA. Went into the military, believing based on the data that I had from school did not do very well, that I was dumb. Right. right? So I'm just going to join the military and go shoot guns because why not stick those people in the front? Because they're dumb anyways. So they'll go do dumb stuff. Join the military, take my ASVAB, which is Armed Services Vocational and Battery Test, and scored real high. Could have chosen any branch of the military. So let me get this correct. Like you, so you you sucked at school. Sucked. Like like sucked. I hated it. And then you, you take an ASVAB and you excel. And I dramatically excel. Now this is the, the it's not a difficult test, right? But it, on general intelligence, it's just it's simple. I just didn't like school, but I didn't understand that. Like I was, they were teaching me stuff that didn't, I was questioning everything. We were in economics class and, you know, the teacher saying, if you don't go to college, you're not going to make money. And I'm like, hold on. My dad barely has a GED, makes like a quarter million dollars a year. So hold on. So you already had that. You already had that in your head. Like, yeah, I had other data in my head that was like, you're telling me what I'm going to fail at already based on what you are saying is the only way to succeed. And I've got a question. I actually got in trouble and got asked to leave because the, <laughs> the college recruiting people were there and they were trying to explain that this is the only way to have a good future. Granted, this is back in the nineties, but you know, I was like, wait a minute, like that's, that's not true. Right. So regardless, I left because they were beating this into me. that This is the only way education, education, education. Yes. I am very educated. Not, I, I don't, I don't spell you. I don't know every vocabulary word there is out there. Like I don't, I don't have that type of intelligence. I have my own version of intelligence. Like I understand things on like a street level, meaning like when it comes to business, I understand the raw data and how, how, you know, loss prevention and, and how to analyze the, the books and how to, how to get into all the details of what it takes and making the most money out of the least amount of work. And I can analyze things like that without ever going to college, but I barely graduated high school. This comes natural to you. Right. This was just, uh, I watched my dad run a business my whole entire life. So I understood it. It didn't take much. Right. Like I watched him fail at it and I watched him rebuild. Yeah. Now, if he would have just failed at it and then been like, damn, I suck. I'm afraid to do it again. Then that's what I would have been taught. 
I think that's <clears throat> if if we and it took me, you know, till I was thirty five years old mm-hmm. before I realized that uh, you know through all my fail and without like my whole life, like b- the debauchery of twenty years of addiction and and all that comes with that, the chaos, the misery, the jails, the prisons, the different types of situations that you find yourself in, which sometimes are uh, you know very sketchy and and dangerous. Let's oh, just yeah. be honest, yep. you know. And you do that all over the country for 20 years. And then, but, you know, at at the end of the day, I realized at 35 years old, when I finally, uh, you know, got had enough, you know, there's there. And I think that's, uh, this is totally off subject, but I posted about it the other day, like that, that pain is the price of admission when it comes to uh, recovery. Right. Right. And I, and I think that can go so many different directions, but pain, you know, and that's through failing, if you want to break it down, that's repeated failures in life trying to, you know, I had, I had jobs, right? I had a, a wife, I had children, I had homes, I had cars and lost it, had them and lost it, had them and lost it. And it wasn't until I had enough pain from those failures that I was able to stop and say, holy shit. All right. I've, I've had enough. I've had enough pain. Now I'm going to work on me. Now I'm going to work on the things that really matter. And, and, in hindsight, looking back after a year of like really working on self and working on my career and working on what I want to do with my life and working on my relationships and networking and all these things that I did in starting businesses and, you know, looking, having the chance to look back and really evaluate it. Like it all of, I wouldn't be where I'm at without all those failures. Like failure is my greatest tool is my greatest tool that I have today. Absolutely. As it should be. Right. So Here's a question for the audience, whether you're listening or watching, we appreciate you. But my main question is like, what are you really afraid of? Like, I want you to take your fears. I want you to write them down. And then I want you to back them up with data that actually makes sense. So now you have to actually predict the future. Like I am, I am afraid of going to the gym because people judge me. Or I'm afraid it won't work. Or I'm afraid it won't work. Or I'm just afraid of hard work. I'm afraid to to work hard at something. Okay. You know, cause I, I understand that I have a, I have a goal inside my head that I want to lose weight. I want to be healthy. I, you know, I want to live longer. I, I want to, I want to look good naked. Right. I mean, that was my goal. <laughs> I just want to look good. Naked. But also I know that that's going to require sacrifice and hard work. So I'm scared of that. Okay. So if, if your fear is backed up by another fear, mm. then where are we going? Like what, what good is it doing you is what like I, I posted about this morning about like, what good is it do you to beat yourself up? What good does it do you to be afraid if you're not using that fear to your advantage? Cause I believe everything in the world has an advantage to it. Like there's a positive and a negative life is about balance and every fear has its place. Like, yeah, I'm not going to go play on the roof of a 20 story building because it just doesn't sound like fun for starters. And well, I have the, fear chances, of heights. the chances of me dying are much greater. <laughs> I have a fear. Right? Of, I have a fear of heights because I feel like I'm going to die. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm okay with that one. But like I was, I was super afraid of even starting this podcast. Cause with the reach of social media out there right now and with, with the way that people react to things and they take you out of context, like they'll hear 30 seconds of it and they'll run with it without even hearing the rest of the story. And they will then judge you and define you and attack you and all of this stuff. To, and we I had long talks with my wife about this, like, you know, 
this takes off and attention comes and most people are negative. There's going to be a ton of haters out there. And, and let's just face it. Like I don't have the greatest past. I was in addiction for a long time too. And she was like, but I love you. So who cares? This is passion. Let's go. Like, well, you can say whatever you want about me based on what you know about the old me. Right. right. And then I can't run with that because now I'm living in the past. Right. So I have this fear and I'm afraid of, I'm predicting that this is already going to happen before it's happened. Like I'm saying, I can't do this because, and then I'm thinking to myself, how do you know? Like, well, not only that, like it's, you're doing it right. But it's still in the back of your head. Oh, right? for sure. And I'm going to tell you firsthand being out here, you know, cause I have, I've been out here on social media for, for quite a long time. And I had the Monday motivation show. I had it for a couple of years with Brian Kendrick and, you know, I'm, I'm going to tell you blowing up, on social media, which we, we, we did, you know, I mean, we did very well. Our page was doing very well and the show was amazing and it helped a lot of people, man. Like every morning it was 9am every morning and, and, you know, once a week, I'm sorry. And, you know, there was always fear like this, this, this isn't going to come off right. And this isn't right. But what to add on to what you said, I'm sorry, get off subject here to add on what you said, like haters come out of the woodwork. Oh Yeah. And they do attack your past and they do catch a little snippet of it and not only judge you, but they, they, they have the audacity and the time in their life and the hatred in their heart to actually leave a shitty comment. It's jealousy is all it really, I, it's more envy because envy is yeah. like the jealousy is a good thing. And envy is, is on a different side of the fence. Like jealousy is, I, I want what you have, but I'm right? not willing to, to work. Like, to I get want it. what you have, but I, I don't mind you having it. I just want what you have. Envy is, I want what you have and I don't want you to have it. Mm-hmm. So there's That's, a big difference between the two. Jealousy is actually your body's way of waking you up going, Hey, pay attention. Cause you can't be fake jealous. Like that's not possible. You, you were jealous because something struck a chord in your heart and made you feel like, damn, like I want that. I could do that. Like, yeah. That's me. Right. There's something in you. You can't be like, Oh, well, I might, might be able to do that. So I'm going to be jealous of it. No, that's not how it works. Like you can't be fake jealous. So, so like it hits you hard enough to it hits you, you hard enough where it literally like fires you up inside. And then envy is you taking that and being like, nah, now I'm going to go to the dark side of the moon. I don't want you to have it either. So I'm going to tear you down because the reality is I'll never have it. Well, that's the thing I hate. And, and, and it's so it's, it's an ugly color envy. It's an ugly color for anyone because <clears throat> it's you, you being successful in your life, a crush being successful, like doing things that I'm, to, to put it in your time and I'm jealous of mm-hmm. like me doing whatever I like their success is not hindering mine. Their success is not stopping mine. They're, they're making a lot of money and doing a lot of things. That's not taking money from me, but I, I'm so envious that I have to try to destroy that because if you, if I can't have it, then I don't want you to have it. And I'm not willing to sacrifice anything and work my ass off to get it. So I'm going to tear him down. Right. And I get, I have, dude, I have gotten that so much. And, you know, I love your haters, right? Right. So love I, your haters, right? So I had this big fear around this, right? Like it was, it was, it was genuine and it was, it was preventing me from moving forward. Mm-hmm. And I had to then stop for a second and say, Hey, what are you doing? Like, wait, what, what are you, you're, you're afraid of something that might happen. And even if it does, and if it does, then okay. Like I've, okay. I've accepted whatever comes. Right. So I, I take my fear. I let it embrace me. I understand it. 
in the genuine form of it when it first came out it was me trying to place a factual evidence against it taking away from me like it's not going to become my reward i can't do this because even though i have no clue what's going to happen and even if it does happen it's happening because i'm going somewhere like it's because happening you're, because, because you're, you're building out, something. You're getting outside of your comfort zone. Right. So and when you getting, get out of when you get out of that, you're bound to make mistakes. So we're getting we're now using it to to fuel the fire, right? Mm-hmm. Like I need to get away from this fear in its negative fashion and and let it fire me up and understand now I'm gonna face everything and rise. That's like the typical one, right? Like I accept it, I'm afraid of it, that's okay. I remember being little and had this kind of fire in me, which is really, really crazy. Cause I used to be really afraid of the dark, like <laughs> terrified, like hall light had to be on door had to be open. And my poor older brother had to sleep like that too. Cause we shared a room and that's just the way it was. And one day I just got sick of it. I was like, shut the light off. Like, I can't live like this. You're not Let's supposed to live in fear, right? Fear has its place, but you can't live and allow it to control your life. Like what's happening in the world today with our fear mongering media, trying to take things and give us a narrative that just scares the shit out of everybody. It's working too. It's definitely working because most people are already afraid of life in general because of the past that most people have experienced. Like bad shit happens to everybody. We all know this. Most people live in it for so long and get so afraid of it that they don't know a way out. And there is a way out. It's embracing it. I, someone said to me once, if you ever want to live one of the best lives you've ever had, do something that scares the shit out of you every, every day. Everything you ever wanted in life is just on the other side of that fear. Yep. Everything, you know, and I've faced so many different feel like public speaking. Like that's, oh, one I hate. The, that's one of the greatest people, people fall following and public speaking, I think are the two biggest fears in anyone's life. I hate public speaking. Dude. I, I mean, the I, first time I gave, dude, I was <laughs> my lead. I would, then I was just like sweating and, and then it kind of just, <laughs> he's got sweat, like you got sweat rings on your shirt. Right, like I'm dripping know? in sweat and I'm like, I, I don't, I don't I'm trying to practice it. And then it, something just kind of shifted as the room just became more and more focused on me. And I was like, damn, they really are trying to hear what I'm saying. So let's get to the point. And I gave my lead and told my story. And afterwards it's like everybody coming up, like, thank you, man. I get you. Like I went through something like that too. That happened to me too. Man, you're doing something. How long are you? You know I mean? I, that was only like, I think six months sober at the time. And I left feeling more high than I have ever gotten on any drug on the planet. And it lasted for days. (laughs) And there was no coming down as far as like, now I'm sick to my stomach or I'm going to throw up or now I got the chills and now I'm shitting my pants. Like there was no detox. Mm. It was just a high that lasted for days and then life just went back. And I was like, hmm, I I I think I'm onto something here. All right. Well, and that's the thing too. I like traveled the country. I spoke at at events and rallies and treatment centers and, and just, you know, doing what we did on social media, going live and just all this, you know, I literally, there was a couple of years there that I was just, I've spoke at a hundred places, you know, in front of hundreds of people sometimes. And, uh, dude, I'm going to tell you this, 
Like I, the first time I spoke, I, just like you, I gave my lead. You know, I had a little button-up shirt on, and I, I was making fun of you, but I had the sweat rings, okay. right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I literally wrote my story down, and it came like it. It was the worst, right? My first lead was the worst. I mean, people people came up to me, and uh, you know, they loved it. And of course, you know, me, I, I think it's the worst thing I ever did in my entire life. You yeah. know. You know, I'm just babbling through it and I think that I'm jumping around and I think nobody's uh, engaging with me or relating. And, mm-hmm. you know, of course, then you get done and everybody's walking up to you like, man, dude, thank you so much. I, I, I like this, 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 and this. I went through this, this, and this right. too, you know, and, but once, once I took that piece of paper away because I was fearful that I would get up there and it was my biggest fear, I would get up there and not know my own story. Right. How do I not know my own story? Right. And, uh, and it's just all, I mean, dude, the week prior to going up and getting my first lead was the worst, dude. And I lived in that and dude, that anxiety and that fear. But, you know, soon it was, it was done. It was like, pff, that wasn't, that was, I mean, while I was doing it, it was sucking, oh, yeah. you know, and then I kind of got into it. But oh, as yeah. soon as it was done, I was like, what the? Why was I so stressed out over that? Like, it's my story. I crumbled up a piece of paper, threw it away. And then I started going, giving these leads and, you know, everything, you know, and the response, and it's just like that, the response that you get from telling your story or public speaking and, and dude, you're literally, and that's what we did with Monday motivation is like, we literally, you know how many people were on that and just, it helped them stay sober. It helped them, uh, get through their fear or it helped them start a business or go to college or, or get a, you know, push through their fear or whatever they're going on in their life and their sobriety or whatever. Right. It helped them. And then I found my fire from that. Oh yeah. You know, and then I learned that everything that I ever wanted was on the other side of that fear. So you know? we have this fear, and, and, and if you've written them down and, and you're looking at them right now, they probably don't make a ton of sense. Yeah, you look at, you put something on paper, and you're just like, you're like wait hell? a minute, like, I'm afraid of starting a business. Why? Like, money? Okay. You Pros, know, cons. Like, it, I, I think the biggest fear comes from we want to go from zero to a thousand overnight. Overnight, overnight yep. And it just doesn't work like that. Well, and it's just what I said earlier. Everybody wants this, the end game, the goal that's right here. Like, I want to be physically fit. I want to do a show. I want to, I want to own a business. I want to drive a Lamborghini, but they don't want to, they don't want to sacrifice and push themselves and do the work that's necessary to get there. I, I say this all the time. You've got to fall in love with the process. Oh yeah. The process is if you're not in love with what it takes to get there, then you're not going to get there. So here I got, I, we got news to share with everybody. This is the fun part. Oh, what happened? Chris? Nothing. Chris, he's going to throw something on me. <laughs> the only thing you're afraid of is yourself. Ah, shit. <laughs> you are afraid of your own shadow. Oh, man. Come Let's on. Let's just be honest right now. Like you don't, if you want to know, if you want to predict the future, create it. Right. Everybody wants to be safe though, bro. You know, I want, I got a mortgage. I got kids. I got wife. I got, I got debt. I got school debt. I got, yeah, okay. I, you know, so I, never, like, I, I hear the typical in my responses and, and like, and what? So, I, I got a wife and kids and a job. Cool. Me too. Right now while we're building this, mm-hmm. well, I no kids, but you know what I mean? Like I got a lot of responsibilities that I need to take care of on a daily basis. I'm going to the gym that takes up hours of a day. Sometimes right now, not as much, you know, right. Cause I shifted. It's like, I need to sacrifice something somewhere. 
And it's not going to be the wife. No, I'm, it is the wife though, but it, she joined right. me in it, right? It's not that it wasn't going to be the wife. It's if we make a decision together, which is we had a very long talk, like this is going to start to absorb You guys the time. had the best. You guys have the best relationship ever. I'm just telling you right now. <laughs> like it's, I, if you guys want relationship advice, get with them. We're okay. gonna we're gonna get to that topic one day. But <laughs> oh god, I'm, there's I'm, a, I'm fearful of that topic, bro. There's a there's a I'm horrible at it. You want to know how I got good at it? Two other failed marriages and a shit ton of bad relationships. I have failed at 100 percent of all my relationships so far. <laughs> You see his optimism. Oh, you see that? It's just the truth, right? Perspective. Like I was 39 when I met my true wife, but it started so differently than every other relationship. And that's what shifted. It was like, I'm not putting on a show and I'm I'm not trying to impress you. Look, I'm an asshole. I got massive trust issues because I've been cheated on by every single woman that I've literally every been within my life. And I mean, that's not a hundred percent true, but it sure feels that way. Like, cause those are the only ones I can remember. Yeah. yeah. Um, you only remember the, you know, hard the, the traumatic ones. ones. Right. Yeah. So I've got massive trust issues that goes beyond just relationships. Like I've had trust issues with my own family with very close friends that have burned me over money or, or other friendships or, or other situations where I trusted them. And, it, you know, I, I have to take my place in that. That's your, that's your luggage that you can. And, and that's what I had to understand was like, I look, I got to process that. I got to allow her to know that it exists and that's not what I want, but that's where I'm at right now. So I want you to know what you're getting into and I'm working on it. And now it's your decision on whether or not. Right. But that was probably the scariest conversation I've ever had with a woman. Try sitting down with a woman that you were super into. Right. We knowing, know each other. On, knowing this conversation could either make it or break it. And it's if going you, one if you, way if or the other. You go other. to the data, which is like living in the past. If you go to the past experiences that most people would talk about, that doesn't go well. Because mm. this is how the conversation went. Well, first we met on Tinder, which is awesome. <laughs> we were both just goofing <laughs> off, right? She had never been on I Tinder. Wanna, before. I, I want to know, like, right now in the comments below, like, because I feel like I've never been on Tinder. I feel like if I if I didn't know about it a few years ago, I probably would have been a Tinder. I don't know what you call them. I'd be, I do a lot of swiping. I would guess, you know, yeah, I don't know. So, swipe right, swipe right. Anyway, I want to know right now in the comments below. Have you, uh, you know, not, not not that you've been on Tinder, but he met his wife on Tinder, <clears throat> and I want to know if anybody else has ever did that. Absolutely, a, success, a successful relationship came from a social media dating app. Yeah. So here, I'll, this is way off topic, but I'm going to jump into it real quick. It's like we've talked about, and if you haven't heard that conversation, go back to the previous episodes. And, and I don't Chris, know how we the, put the link down there below. The, the, the yeah, bus. I don't know how the 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 podcast like setup works, as I've only dove so much into it on comments. But if you want to say something to us, you can email us at fans at talkhardfans.com. Chris, put that down there. So fans. F-A-N-S at TalkHardFans.com. You can send us an email. We want to hear from you guys. We want to understand, you know, our audience and, and what <laughs> you want to hear about and things that you want to talk about in this particular subject. We want to hear about your Tinderoni experience. Yeah. So my intentions were not... Tinderoni. Most the, intentions on thing? dating apps is <clears throat> the Netflix and chill. Now, what, I'll be what's, honest. What's I that? didn't know what that was. What is that? That's come over and... You know what that is? Yeah, that's, that's come on over and... Yes. Answer the question. You, you got that? Yeah, I really genuinely didn't know this. Right. Like I'm 38 at this time. Like I didn't I really didn't have a clue. 
So I had previous to my wife. So being that you're, you're oblivious to Netflix and chill and you're 38 and you're probably not like real big on social media, how the hell did you get on Tinder? Well, okay. I got on Tinder when I first came to, uh, I, I mean, I'd known about Tinder before then, you know, in California, that's the thing, right? It's oh, yeah, just everything. like that. Tinder is what it is <clears throat> in California. Most people use it for just hooking up and, and easier ways to meet people because you don't got to deal with much and you know that they want to talk to you because the way that the algorithm works with swiping and stuff like that. So when I got to Indiana, I was noticing on people's profiles, it would say sober or it would say in recovery. And so I would swipe on all those people. And that's how I found my first meeting. It wasn't about hooking up with the girl. That was, I was like, Hey, like so you use Tinder to find them to, to find a recovery. What? Yeah. Like what? again, it's setting Chris, your intentions. Don't get any ideas, bud. This is all about your intentions. And that's how I believe this happened with my wife was my intentions were not to get laid. Huh? My intentions at that moment in time were to, to like have an entertaining conversation with someone and see where it goes. Cause it's not like sex isn't that exciting anymore. If you've been down the road that I've been down with the women that I've dated, it's not like there's no stimulation in that side of it unless it's emotional. Mm. Okay. Like I've already had all, all right. the meaningless BS. It's now I, I've always strived for genuine connection. California's like a different world when it comes to that. And so you kind of get lost in the sauce out there, but out here it was like, I'm, I'm just hashtag lost in the sauce, please. I'm just trying to, find a meaningful connection and, and, and who knows like right now I'm not looking for anything like I know I need to work on myself but I still want to be entertained so I can have some conversations with some interesting people and I met her and that just started up a conversation we're going back and forth and that turned into like now we need like a safe space to meet <clears throat> she's a hairstylist like a meter and so met her on a Tuesday at her work he knows what day of the week of course I do because we got married on a Tuesday. Like that became our thing. So then the following Tuesday, I took her to dinner and I said, this one's going to be different because I don't have time anymore. Like I'm over, I've tried it this way, a very particular way where I'm going to, you know, smooth talker. Cause I'm a Gemini and I can do that jazz. I'm going to do the smooth talk. I'm going to tell you how great I am. What is she, by the way, uh, do you know Capricorn? Okay. All right. It takes me a minute because I'm not somebody. A great somebody put guy. down. Somebody put down down there. I need to actually verify. That. I'd like somebody. <laughs> if she's not Sorry, a Capricorn, babe. Chris, please delete this. <laughs> but I want somebody to put down there uh, the the relationship status between a Gemini and a Capricorn, and see, it's interesting. See if that if that works out for you. Um. So we went to dinner, and I just said, I, "I'm going to do it differently this time." Yeah, so, she's Capricorn. Uh, so. So I sat down with her and I said, Hey, just want to like, let's just, let's get this out of the way. Like we were small talking a little bit and we started talking about like, what do you want? And I just said, look, I'd like, let's just be honest right now. I can be an asshole. So you're laying this out there on the first day, very first day. Like I'm going all in right. and either you're going to, you're going to take a, take a bite of it or, or you're going to throw it away. Like at some point this is going to come to light. It's mm. not going to be at first cause none of us that's do, admirable. but at some point this is going to come to light and I don't want it to be a kick in your face. Cause I think that's what causes the problems. Like something hit me where I was like, what actually what I was doing was a, what I wished most of the women I'd ever met had done for me. Like, I want to know the truth. Are you a cheater? Are you a whore? Do you have 50 different dudes that you're dating right now? Do you have a job? Do you have a halfway decent credit score? 
Are you living in your mother's basement? Like, <laughs> I don't care. Be, that should be a requisite. Like, what's your I don't score? care. Like, I have a horrible credit score, but that's from bad business moves. Yeah, like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, I don't care. I just want to know. So I know what I'm getting into. Right. It's not about your past as a whole. I just want to be able to make the decision myself. So I said, listen, do you think, do you think though, like with those questionings, you know, a lot of people have the fear of, of telling a thousand percent, you know, cause here I like this guy Yeah, coming from her thoughts. I yeah. like this guy. He's cute. He's uh, I'm into him. You know, we're, we're having a good conversation. If I tell him these things, he's going to run. You know, the reality is as soon as they find out they're going to run anyways. Right. And they're going to run even farther because now they feel lied to. Truth. There he is. There it is. So that's where I finally started to realize there were relationships and what I was learning over the years of therapy. And, and I, you know, I'd done marriage therapy. I'd, I'd done every different path. The one thing that had never been different was my approach. So I was like, this one's different. We weren't sexually active for months in the beginning of the relationship. Like we hung out genuinely as friends. We would go over to the house, watch Dexter and just chat and cuddle on the couch. And she was very protective of her son, which I had a ton of respect for. So I couldn't meet him. So I was like waiting for him to go over to his dad's before I could come hang out. I was like, man, I remember like it, this was backwards. I used to have to wait for my parents to leave before I could do something. Now I got to wait for the kid to leave. <laughs> so that was like, but it, but get to the dinner. Like the honesty was like, I'm, I'm, I'm super afraid of this, but this is what I want. Like, I want you to make an honest decision. Cause if you are genuinely going to love me, I want you to love me for, who I currently actually am doesn't mean who I'll always be, but I want you to know what you're getting into. So I can be an asshole. I'm going to push you away. I've got trust issues like no one else. And I've been sober for just over a year. So here's where I'm at. Well, but I'll buy you dinner. I did end with the positive, you know, but I'll buy you dinner. We can have a great conversation. Like I'm not trying to take you home tonight. I just, This is when that sparked a whole new conversation. I I guarantee you that no one has ever approached her like that. Oh, for sure. You literally, I wouldn't have been sitting there. You literally floored her, her, you know what I mean? But the cool thing was what I got back. Right. She was like, I understand that. She started telling me about her past and her relationships and kind of some of the trauma that she had dealt with and kind of where she was at and what she was looking for. And we just met in the middle of this like common ground of like, Honesty. This is what's really going Honesty. on. So I know how to navigate through this. Right. Cause the first time somebody gets in a fight after like, you believe you found the one, right. And you're not in love. I don't believe, I believe you're in lust. It's a lot more of attraction than it is actual like emotion. Cause you haven't gotten that far yet. You don't know who this person is. Like, I don't even know your middle name, but I'm gonna tell you I'm in love with you. Mm. You out of your mind. So, and I've been out of my mind a hundred times. Trust me. It was like the second day and I'm in love. Like I, I gone down that, like <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to make love exist for me by just trying to act like I can make it pop out of thin air yeah. um, without understanding the reality of where I'm <clears> in. <throat> and then I get kicked in the face for the first time. Cause no one's perfect. And now I'm like, well, you, you, lied see, to me. you see that on social media all the time. I like people, friends of friends who are in a relationship every other month, uh, not say anything, Chris, but people who, you know, they're in a relationship and they pose and, you know, they make it Facebook official. And yep. next thing you know, they're in a relationship and they're in love and everything's moving in together. And this is like 30 days into oh, it, yeah. you know, and, and, then, and then you see them 90 days into it and, relationships over somebody's angry somebody's resentful and then another 30 days they're in love again like mother like you found your true love 16 times this year yep amazing i can't even find my socks and they're doing that because they're afraid of being alone Mm. 
So there's a whole different fear, right? Well, I mean, I'm sure there's all kinds of reasons why they do this. Insecure, selfish, self-worth issues. Just, I need somebody to make me feel better. I can't be alone, which is the end result of it. Because right. These I'm are all fear-based yeah. emotions, right? So sticking to our, you Go know, back to fear. Sticking to our topic, we're in this fear-based situation, right? Which is where most people live, which is super sad. Because when you allow a fear to literally take over your life, you can't see anything else. Like if all you do is wake up scared, damn, that's got to suck. Like I just got <clears> sick <throat> of it and, and it took a lot. Like, trust me, I started getting high because of how scared I was. Like I had all these racing thoughts and was so afraid of so many things. And as soon as I got high, that fear seemed to go away. And what I didn't realize was that I was creating a whole different level of fears. And that the moment I started getting high, I stopped growing up. And so it was like when I got sober it, 37 officially i had to like actually learn to be a 12 year old <laughs> like I, I get it man it was crazy i, I was I, crying over I, alpo commercials and dog <laughs> adopt a cat everybody like, crazy it was this, it was this it was a song yeah In the arms <laughs> i mean i couldn't even watch american idol without crying that so, good? Yeah, definitely. But no, I, I talk about fear as being a good thing sometimes. It too, is. Because fear got me, just like with you, fear got me drinking. Fear got me using drugs yeah, yeah, yeah. because I was so insecure and fearful. And I had this social, uh, you know, I wasn't very, it's hard to believe now, but I had a social you know, thing where I couldn't be around people very well. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I was, <clears throat> couldn't articulate and <clears throat> I was awkward. And, you know, it was weird that people, and I had a good I had a good front, so nobody really believes that. But when I when I got my first taste of alcohol, like all that went away. All oh, yeah. the all the insecure, the fear, the the self worth issues, the you know, everything went away and I found my cure to my to my problem. But fear and that that's not a good thing, right? But fear got me out fear got me in recovery this time too. Right. Because I was I was scared. I was uh in the same county jail that I've been into nineteen hundred times in the same cell block and I'm 35 years old and I'm facing pretty big charges. And I'm thinking, you know, I'm going to go to prison for 20 years, you know? And so fear was the foundation of my recovery because I was like, this is it. I'm done. If I can get out of this and, you know, not do all this time and not, you know, I'm going to do whatever it takes to get through this and to never drink or use drugs again. Which you know. is, is, is great in its reality. What I'm, what I'm hoping for people to understand is, and we've talked about this before, people are afraid of change. Sure. Because Com it's super zones. uncomfortable, comfort right? Zone, like, right. And it's because your brain is an efficiency machine. It doesn't want it to actually do the hard work because now you're literally rewiring the thing. Mm -hmm. And it's going, but I've spent 30 years here. Like, I don't want to do this. It's going to keep firing and pushing back and going, wait, 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 wait. You're fighting against the current. You're fighting against a, a machine that is built to be efficient and it is going to push back. I find myself trying to stay in a conscious thought and it pushing back where well, I just wander <clears throat> like it just wanders into somewhere else. And I'm like, what the I tell everybody that like this, this up here, this thing between my ears is my number one enemy. Oh, 100 percent. Because it, it's it's always in fear and telling me to do this and not do that. Mostly it's telling me not do that. Don't do that. You can't do that. You're not good enough. You're not smart enough. You're going to fail. Well, you can you be know? your number one enemy. You can also be your best friend. Excuse yeah. my language. Like I know that my language isn't the greatest on the planet, but I'm passionate about this. So don't take this as foul language. Take this as genuine passion. Let's just reframe the, 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 
the narrative of the language. I'm not saying F you. I'm saying this is amazing because I genuinely <laughs> feel that way about it. Like the, the, the point of this is like fear has to, has to take its place in your life in the right way. Like I am afraid of getting into a gunfight, but that makes sense. Right. I am afraid of starting a business that doesn't make any, like if you genuinely feel in your heart that you should be running a business because what you do at your job sucks and you've done 30 of them and none of them have ever made you happy. And every time you're in that job and you just don't feel like yourself, it's because you have this burning desire in your soul. That is your body telling you and your mind telling you to do something. It's to working take together. Take the leap. Man. It's saying, let's go. Like, what are you wasting time for? What are you actually afraid of? Because you can predict the future by creating it. And that is because you leave yourself no other option. You know, if you, and this is where I'm at with, with things. And I, I talk to a lot of these people who are afraid to take the leap, mm -hmm. who are afraid to take the jump and, and get out there and get outside their comfort zones and, and, and make that jump. Like, I don't, like, I get it. Like, you, you have to work a job. You have bills. You have a mortgage. You have a wife. You have a husband. You have uh, cars and kids and all all the shit that comes with that, right? You, you have to do that. But, you know, and this is where I think the downfall of a lot of people in America in general is like, I have a job and I have to do this. Okay. Most of your jobs are eight to 10 hours a day. Mm -hmm. That leaves you 14 hours in your day where you can get shit done. Mm -hmm. You can work your, you can start your hustle. You, you know, <clears throat> from, you know, even if you got kids and you got to get them to bed. Okay, fine. Do all that stuff you got to do. You got a significant other. They can help out your hustle for, to work on your leap when you're going to take it that you're so afraid of. And you got you know, work an eight hour a day job and I can't do this and I can't do that. Bullshit. Like you got all this time in the world. You know, the only different, you know, you got successful people. You got, you know, I don't care who Oprah Winfrey, for God's sake, she's got 24 hours in her day. And so do you. The difference is what she does with it that makes her successful. Yeah. You, you got a, your eight hour a day job. Maybe you got to commute for an hour in both ways. So there, we got 10 hours out of your day. You're home by five o'clock in the evening. You get your things done. You do this. What do you, what is your nine to midnight look like? What does your nine to 1am look like? Right. What does your nine to 2am look like? That's when you could be working on your leap. What are you going to do? Do, do work your job. Pay your bills, but what do you are you are you are you determined enough to 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 get to the next level? And you're going to let fear because you say I work forty hours, I work sixty hours a week, I can't do that. Let's I don't have time. I don't have time is the number one thing that just drives me crazy. I don't have time. Bullshit. So what are you doing with your time? Let's frame this into a context that maybe will help with some of these people because that's the goal of this, right? So. If, if your fear is starting a business because, right? And so you, you, you don't have the right plan. So let's, let's build a little bit of a plan. If you are afraid of starting a business and let's just try researching the business, let's not go full fledged and let's not dump a bunch of money and put the mortgage up on the house and let's not go insane and try to build this thing overnight. Let's Definitely start with, that. let's start with something small, which people don't understand. Like let's get excited about the business <clears> first. Let's start researching how to start a restaurant. Like, well, that's what I'm saying. What does your nine to midnight look like? What are you doing? Are you watching TV? Are you watching Netflix? Because I, I guarantee you, if you want to be successful, you won't be watching TV. There, there, there won't be a, you won't be watching Yellowstone. I guarantee it because you're going to be so driven. 
to do the research first off, like you said, that's number one. All these dreams that people have that they're afraid to, to act on, if you literally, and this is for everyone, if you sit down, just like Brian said, sit down and make a list. Because when you, when a dream turns into a list, it becomes a, a plan or a goal. You become a, first you write your plan. What is it I need to do to start this? Do I need to research this type of uh, stuff? Sure. Okay, so nine to midnight, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to do that for X amount of time. And then you write down what does, what, cause there's a million steps it takes to get to your goal or, or to your, through your plan. Okay. So now I'm going to write down step one. What do I need to do? Right. So that's what we're doing. We're building the plan, right? We're, we're, we're getting into, we're doing the research first. Let's do the research to start the plan. Let's mm. get excited about the business. And if you can't get excited about the business, then you're not ready. Mm. If or you it's can't not, simply it's not just take the you. time to research how to start the business, you're, you're, you're doing this already the wrong way and you need to stop what you're th- doing and get actually find something. Yeah, it could be the wrong business. Like, I just want to own a business. Cool. Let's research the businesses you want first and let's let's get excited about one. Wait till something really triggers and, and you'll notice because you'll start to hyper focus on it. Mm-hmm. As soon as you hyper focus on it, you start getting excited about it. So if you're we're going back to beliefs and, and how they control the fear, if, you, if your belief dictates your thoughts, which create the emotions, right? I, I think this, so I start to feel this. That's how. It works. So if I don't think I'm good enough, I'm not going to feel good enough. And then my actions are not going to be good enough. And mm. now I'm not good enough. Because it just created your results. Perfect. And now you're in what they call this psycho-cybernetic loop. Just posted about this this morning. That's what they call the psycho-cybernetic loop. Think of your brain like a computer. Because that's the way scientists used to explain it and used to be hardwired. Like they used to think about it as like the motherboard and not the software. And so you can actually rewire it. Mm. But it starts with a belief. Like you've got to first believe. And the way you believe is you... We believe what we see. So if you start to build a plan and you get excited about it and you start to see things form, because I guarantee if you want to open a restaurant or you want to start a car dealership and you start researching it and you really focus on it, all of a sudden you are going to see like car dealerships up for sale or spaces for rent that could be a restaurant. Like you're going to start to see these things that are going to feel like holy crap, like maybe the world's talking to you. The universe. No, you're talking to yourself. The, when you, it just goes back to whatever you put out in the universe. You get back. You get back. And when you start looking into something, just like writing red, red car on right. a piece of paper a right. hundred times, like you, you write it a hundred times, you're going to see every red car in your day and you've never noticed them before. And it's the same thing when you start researching a specific topic, like a restaurant, right? The, you're going to start seeing all next thing, you know, the universe is going to open many multiple doors. I, I don't know. Maybe the universe always opened doors, but you weren't aware of them. Just like the red car. You didn't see the red car till right. you wrote it down a thousand times. So you're going to start seeing all these doors open. You're going to, and, and like you said, magically, you're going to see what your next step is. Right. So we're And that's because you're excited about it, right? Like when they, Going into a different part of what we were talking about before, the reticular activating system. So, mm-hmm. like, it tells you what to focus on. Like, I don't look at your shoes when we're talking, right? Because I can only focus on so much at once. If you're having 70 to 90,000 thoughts a day, you can only focus on so much. So your brain is this machine that's going to take the easiest ones first, mm-hmm. and you have to take control of what you want to focus on. And that takes a lot of work. But just like in the gym, it takes a lot of work at first. And the more you do it, the easier it gets. And the more you do it, the easier it gets. I went from not only that, the more you do it, the easier it gets and the results come. And then you can do more and then you can add on. Like when I first went into the gym, 135 pounds felt like I was lifting a house. (laughs) Next thing you knew, it was 315 pounds. And that was just like a normal day of the bench. Right. Right. 
And I started seeing the reason, but it didn't happen overnight. We was talking about years, but for like years I trained and then I was like, maybe I should do a show. Cause I was in decent shape and people felt like I was training for a show. And then someone said it. So me and my wife came together. I said, you want to support this? Cause it's going to be interesting. It's going to take a lot of selfish work. I'm a little afraid of standing on a stage and letting people judge me. Cause I do that enough every day to myself. <laughs> right. But I'm going to face my fear. This is a goal. Of, like, let's do it. And he did it too. And we jumped, I went from 18% body fat to 3.8% body fat in like seven months. And it was a plan. And man, in the middle of that, and this is what I want people to really remember. How many just because you have a passion. How many times did you want to give up on that? Like how many times, I was going to say, how many times did your subconscious say, all right, man, this is just shit. This isn't worth it. So check it out. I was, I was, I was making a, uh, making a planned career change right in the middle of this. And it, it came quicker than I wanted to like things shifted pretty quick. Um, so I had built this plan. Me and my wife sat down, we talked, we had the plan. And then the world was like, Hey bud, <laughs> guess what? <laughs> so here's a that? swift roundhouse to the face real quick. I just want you to, what's, what's I say when you want to make God laugh, tell him your plans. Right. So <laughs> I built this plan and boom, swift kick to the face, like almost instantaneously. Right. Wanted to give up, had multiple conversations with my wife. We, we like, when you start like really getting into a calorie so, deficit. So, on this so hold on, you're, you're doing, you're starting to train for the show, which by, by the, by the way, if anybody's trained for a show, um, you, you get it. And those of you that haven't, like it's rigorous. Like there, you got to count every ounce of everything you eat. You got to be working out ever how many hours a day. Mm -hmm. I don't know what she was doing. And, and the toll that it takes on the body is one thing. It's kind of the small thing. The toll that it takes on the mind is another thing. And you had, you were switch, you were changing careers during this whole thing. Changing careers. My parents went through a, a real dramatic life change. My parents are my best friends. So they went through a real dramatic life change in the middle of this and was like, very like it, it puts a lot of pressure on me because they're my parents and I love them. And so that was happening. And while this is happening and I'm dieting, so yeah, you go through the training and as your training gets more intensive, your calories actually go down, which is kind of counteractive the way the body is supposed to work. The more right, you work right. out, the more calories you should be able to eat. But when you're getting that lean, it's different. So I'm, I'm dropping calories. Now I'm getting hangry. Right. <laughs> and it's like me and my wife don't, we don't fight like that. Like we are really intense with each other as far as like intentional. We're going to talk about stuff and we're going to, we're going to get through it. And it started getting a little interesting and, and COVID and the whole not like everything was just really, everything, all everything was kicking me in the face. Like nobody's business. And I wanted to give up all the That's time. And there was, so back to the original question, there literally was a time when I picked up the phone, me and my wife were kind of getting into it. And I was like, I'm calling my, my coach right now. I'm done. And she was like, I don't think you should do that. Hmm. Like it, it actually hits me in the heart thinking about it now. Cause I'm like, I'm done. And she was like, you're going to regret that. Like you're, you're, you would basically said you were going to run a mile and we're at three quarters of a mile and you want to quit. Mm. What? Well, it's farther to go back to where you were than it is to just finish what you're doing. So Damn. you're not going to do that. Damn bro. So <laughs> I got, I got back into the focus mode. Right. And the thing is, is like, when you see yourself every day, you don't see the change. Like it, it's not happening. Like it is for other people who don't see you for weeks and like, damn, you look good. And I'm like, I look like the same way I did yesterday. Right. They're happening in such small increments that you're not really noticing it. And then I got real close to the show and I took a picture and then I went back to my very first picture and was like, what the wow. 
Like, damn. Wow, right? Like, it was insane. Right. And then I stood on that stage, scared as hell. Mm. I mean, I was so nervous. Like, they had to retan me because I was, like, dripping off the tan. Like, <laughs> but get this. Like, it didn't stop until I stood on the stage. And, and let me tell you, like, I this is there. what I, I love about this. this. Like, this is how much the world kicked me in the face and just kept making me realize I could do this. Right before I'm about to get on stage, it's taking forever, right? There was a pro show going on at the same time. It's taking forever. My wife and family are all there. I've got like 12 people there. They're getting hungry because it's getting to like 2, 33 o'clock. I was supposed to be on stage at like 11. So they order Uber Eats. Everybody's food shows up but my wife's. Five minutes before I got to go on stage. So now I'm like panicking, right? So I, I have to change. So I go in the restroom and I'm trying to pee and I can't because I think I need to pee, but I really don't, right? <laughs> and so I'm just going to expose myself right now. Not literally, but I'm going to say like, <laughs> I went to like shake it out. and I got pee on my shorts. Right. So now I'm in there with like standing there naked in the men's bathroom with like a towel trying to dry it off, <laughs> right? Because I'm like, holy crap. Like now there's like drips on my pants my shorts and that's the first that's the only thing people are going to notice if you walk and that, out that's like that's that. all i'm thinking in my head is yeah. like they're going to know for sure i'm not just sweating i have to just peed myself and that's like everybody's biggest fear right <laughs> so i get that done i get on Chris, stage how many times you peed yourself brother oh man, oh, man. what he's talking about right now like i'm sweating right now thinking about it like reliving that day i was like damn like that was intense i get on stage and i am on stage at 40 years old and the next oldest person was like 28 Cause I mean, this is the first time, right? It's called true novice. Like nobody else had done this either. And I'm now doing it for the first time at 40 years old. I'm standing on stage with like kids, <clears throat> kids, kids that are genetically kid, gifted, genetically gifted with a hell of a metabolism, right? <laughs> that have like real coaches. Cause maybe family money, or they just don't have bills. Like I do. Like they, like my coach was amazing. Don't get me wrong, but he was a friend. So it didn't cost me like a ton. I spent good money on the show, but like these guys, have more free time than I do. Some of these guys are like 19. Hey, none of them got a damn job. Right. <laughs> so I'm no house, against no bills, these people. No wife. I, I, you know, my posing was what it was. I had to get, it's my first time. These guys got crazy posing coaches and like, I'm watching the backstage going, what the fuck am I doing? Right. So I get on stage, feel amazing. Like everybody was cheering. It was awesome. I was, it, it wasn't as bad. And, and like in my head, it was way worse. This fear had taken over to created a whole entire story. And when I stood on stage, I was like, damn, was I ever wrong? Right. I mean, I was like wrong. Now I'm excited. Right. Right. To the point where I'm excited. I, you know, I go to lunch with my wife and family and we all have fun. And then there's a night show and stood on stage for the night show going against all these other people. So I did the true novice and the 40 plus masters, both the guys in the 40 plus masters been competing for years. Other true novices, first time ever, right? I take third in the true novice against young kids. I take second in the 40 plus master. Woo! Woo! Which my, I just wanted to stand on the stage. I just want to look good naked. Like I just, yeah, I like, <laughs> yeah, like actually the, the, the genuine was like, I just want to look good naked for my wife. Like, right, I just want right. her to enjoy this, you know, she'd never complain, but why not? Like, let's just say we did it. Like, I just want to try it. So I'm super scared. Life kicks me in the face. I want to give up every single day. And, and, and I have every reason to stop. And in result, in result is two awards and the best feeling I've ever had. You, you put something in your head that you want to do something. You made a plan. You set down some goals. You accomplished all those goals 
while pushing yourself every single day through the fear, through the anxiety, through the, I'm not going to be good enough. This isn't going to work. I'm too old. I'm too this. I'm too that. I'm, I'm yeah. All these things. And discomfort. Like when you want to talk about feeling uncomfortable, uncomfortable. get into the sub 5% body range without naturally sitting there. And it hurts. Like you can't sleep. And end result is end result is standing on stage, achieving my goal, actually leaving with awards. Right. And a memory a of bonus. like, that's icing. Like, yeah, that's just extra at that point. Cause again, I just want to stay on the stage, but I was you super just nervous. Like, wanted to, you, you accomplished what you set out to do through all the hardships. And the funny and thing is, great, is like through the whole seven story. months, six of them, I didn't look like I did on stage. The last real change happened in like the last month. Mm-hmm. That was when the body finally like kicked in, caught on and was like, okay, so I'm like getting, you want to talk about scared. You're 30 days away from stage and you're still sitting at like 9% body fat and realizing that that next drop is going to be pretty extreme and you don't know what to do. Like, I'm like, I should, like, I wanted to quit all the time and I just had to trust the process. My coach kept saying, and he's a good friend of mine. His name is Scott Evans. If you ever want to coach, what up, Scott? Yeah. He was like, you just got to, he said, he said one day, he said, do you trust me? I said, yeah. He said, do you trust yourself? I said, of course. He said, what are we talking about? Why are we even having this conversation? Like, like, you got to trust the process. You got to, like, I know what I'm doing. He's a nutritionist. You know, he'd done a show before, so he understands what I'm going through. He's like, just, you got to just have a little faith, right? (laughs) And when I got to that point, stood on stage through everything, like, I literally wanted to quit the day before because I was hurting. Like, you, I haven't drank water in, at that point, like, (laughs) 20 hours. I've had hardly any food, and I'm now in ketosis, which sucks at first because you get, like, keto flu. Like, everything is stacked against me in the the worst way possible to have one of the best experience a 40-year-old. There it is. There it is right there. It's that simple. Like, it really, like, saying it now, it's simple. Going through it, when I started, man, like, I I didn't think I was going to look like that. But I had my mindset on that. Like, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to go all the way. And right, right there it is. And I think if anybody and everybody, and that's kind of how, that's not kind of how, that's exactly what I did in, in my careers, in my businesses. And if anybody can take, because we talk about mindset a lot and everything is mindset, everything is perspective, how I view things, how I look at things, how I perceive things is everything. And if people, if we on this channel, on this show, if we can take on the mindset that anything is possible, like if you could see it in your head, you can hold it in your hand. And I, we are living proof of that. Absolutely. We are living proof of getting it out of the mud, right? Whatever it is that you want to do and want to achieve and you want to become like, you don't have to be the person that your subconscious tells you that you are or that you, that you're like, my natural instinct is I'm a shit ball. My natural instinct is lazy. My natural instinct is to procrastinate on everything in my life. But I have to fight that. And that's why I always say that mind, my mind is the enemy here. And I'm constantly at war with my mind on do this, don't do that. You can't do this. You shouldn't do that. I'm constantly at war. And the minute I stop fighting it and battling it, it takes over. Oh, yeah. And it, when it takes over, I, I on this... Uh, call it uh you know autopilot and being an autopilot for a person like me is 
dangerous and it gets you and it absolutely just hinders you from going anywhere to the next level. It actually hinders you from from doing much in your day to day operations that you want to achieve. Being on autopilot, you know, I like I, I remember and we talk about this being I talk, I say the word constantly, consciously aware of your thoughts. And that's how I battle my mind. Oh, yeah, because I don't it, we 90, they say what, 80 some percent. I don't remember the actual percentage. 80 some percent of our day is ran off our subconscious. We don't have to think about the things that we're doing. Like, yeah, on average, 49.6% is the literal, like without other thoughts that you have to have. Like I have to think about doing the emails. I have to think about answering the phone. I have to think about going here for work. Like you have to think about certain things. Half your day is controlled by just other bullshit in your head that like, as you just like drive zombie to work. I, I, and you don't remember anything from you point literally in, but, like, cause you yeah. go into like a state of hypnosis at that point. Yeah. Like they call it driving hypnosis. That's what you I call literally auto don't zone. remember auto driving pilot. to work. And you're like, it almost scares you when you first time you notice it. You're like, it. Did I, when I, what was I going to crash? Did I, did I, did I go to sleep? <laughs> did I use my turn signal at right, all? Like, right. It's kind of scary. The first time you realize you've gone into like autopilot and notice it. And that part of your brain can be transformed into a new autopilot. And that's where I believe you're talking about is like, was you're battling those things, the battle gets easier because the more you battle it by letting your conscious take over and say, I'm creating new, you're not doing this to me anymore. Like I'm not thinking about that anymore. This is, I'm going to take you out of the equation. I'm going to put you here instead. So I'm going to take an active thought. I'm going to force it back to my subconscious by thinking it every single day. I'm good enough. I'm smart enough. I can do this. I'm going to do this. I'm doing it now. Right. Well, it, it, think about it when you tie, your, you, you know, you're tying your shoe, for instance, like there is not, I, I doubt and somebody correct me if you're, if you're other one, I've, I haven't thought about tying my shoe in since I was four. Right. You know, and you was talking about the other day, getting in the shower with intention and, and think like a form of meditation that I use is, is, you know, I love the shower. That's a great time to meditate. I get up in the morning and I sat on the side of my bed and, you know, I may do this for three minutes. I may do it for 10. Right. But I'm being aware of what's going on in my body, mm-hmm. how my body's feeling. My back hurts. I felt that. I feel that, you know, it's not just a subconscious thing where it's just this agging pain. Right. No, I'm focusing on that. I'm focusing on the fact that I'm sitting on my butt and my butt's one degree hotter than the rest of my body. And I could feel that. Yep. I, I, I feel that I have my feet on the floor and my cats are, you know, it's the greatest part of my day, by the <laughs> way. My cats are, are rubbing on my legs and going in between my legs. I love that. That's a great meditative thing to feel that in the morning to get my mind right to just become aware you know and if we can if i can do that all day long like being aware of my thoughts and how how i'm thinking and how i'm feeling like do you take control of your life there is no autopilot because autopilot's dangerous my autopilot is i'm lazy and i don't want to do it but the cool thing about that is your new autopilot is going to become those thoughts right it just if, takes a lot of time. If, like, like you, you got to put in the work. Yeah, you literally, yeah. we're talking about literally rewiring the brain. And this is not like an overnight thing. This is a constant thing. And what you'll notice is that as the constant starts to rewire, those thoughts become different thoughts. Like the thoughts that you had to think, I'm good enough. Now, I don't, ha- I don't think that every That's day. That's just in there. I don't have to That's think that every day. I, I know it. That's your subconscious. Like, yeah, I used to pick my, you want to talk about like, 
I fully believe in body dysmorphia because the way I see myself today and the way I used to see myself is different, but I had to put myself through that transformation. Like I'm not sitting at 3.8% body fat right now, but I feel good when I take my shirt off. Right. I want to, I want to leave my shirt on when I get in the shower <laughs> right now, you know, what I mean? but you know what I'm saying? Like, like I don't even want to take it off and look at myself. I now literally see something different, even at the same body fat percentage that I used to I be at, it. because I don't pick myself apart anymore. And that's hard. It's very hard. It's very hard. Cause the only thing I, the only thing you see when you in body dysmorphia, the only thing you really see is your fault flaws. Yeah. Or it's not even flaws really, but it's what you view as a flaw. Right. You know, this boob's bigger than the other boob. This bicep's smaller than this bicep. Like, look at that I, love handle. I've got, I've broken arms. Ugh. And so my muscles are different, like, because they compensate for the arm break and the, the shoulder tears. And so I was like picking myself apart the whole entire show. I was like, yeah. knock it off. Like you're going to be so lean when you get on stage. It's not even going to matter. It's going to be insane. So as we, as we got into, you know, we're now in this, this, this fear realm and, and how to transform these fears and take control of your thoughts, right? That's, that's what we're Get doing. out of autopilot. It is your enemy. Until your Period. autopilot can be retransformed, which no matter what, let's talk about it. I'm, I was 37 before I even started retraining my brain on any level. And today it's way more intense than even it ever was. So we're talking about the past year. Well, I could tell you, I could tell you this. I'm, not so bad negativity. I'm seven years into recovery. And first couple of years, I had no idea about retraining my brain. You know, I had no, I had no knowledge of the actual damage that my mind was doing to me at a subconscious level. But here we are now, you know, even seven years and, and you know, who I was a year ago is no, has nowhere near who I am today. Right. But I still like, I, these things come up. They, we talk about in the program. It's not a matter of if our character defects resurface, they, it's a matter of when. Right. And am I prepared enough to first off acknowledge it, be aware of it, and then then battle it? You know, put in things and people and places in 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 certain places in my life to where I can first off be humble enough to take criticism, be humble enough to have people in my life that will call me out of my bullshit because that's what I need. I don't know about y'all, but I need you know I. I you know, I know some people and you're into this whole, I'm, you know, you got strong self-will. I have to have people in my life call me out my circle that I talked about. Right. Yep, yep. They have, cause I don't see shit. I don't see shit. I can walk around forever stepping on your toes and insulting you or, or, you know, and, and I wouldn't know it. That's how, that's how ignorant I am sometimes of what my actions and behaviors are. And so I don't I, want people to think that like I'm perfect by any stretch of the imagination. I know. I know. This is like, <laughs> So my day consists of, I used to wake up. I, first, I hated waking up. Let's start there. Like when I was a child, <laughs> I didn't like waking up. Okay. Uh, I used to hate five more minutes, mom. waking up. Right. So let's go. Let's just start the simple form. Now I wake up and I'm literally like, it bugs my wife. I'm so happy when I wake up. With, right. You wake up like, with intention. I woke up like I had a cup of coffee before I even opened my eyes. <laughs> right. Like I wake up because I'm excited, like genuinely. And I wasn't for a very, very, very long time. And this has taken four years in the making currently and still on a daily thing where here's the thing about change. At first it's the scariest damn thing you'll ever experience. And then it's uncomfortable. And then it's super uncomfortable. And then you're going to feel like the world is stacked against you because your subconscious is trying to take over and tell you, you know, all those still limiting beliefs are still true. And you got to battle and battle and battle. And you feel like you're getting nowhere and you feel like you're getting nowhere. And, and sometimes it takes longer for some people than others. But the more you dive into this, like you said, like the first thing, if you want to own a business that you need to change is yourself. Mm. 
Because if you don't believe that you can run a business right now, then you have no business starting one. Because I'll well, tell you right now, if you don't believe in yourself, you're going to fail. A hundred percent. Here's the other thing too. If, if you want to start a business, but you haven't done anything about it yet because of procrastination and your mind telling you like, first thing you, like you just said, first thing you got to do is fix you. Yeah. You got to retrain you in order to get to that point. Cause once, if you got a business, like some miracle happened and, and you was to get a business tomorrow, and you're not prepared for it. And what I mean, prepare for it. Yeah. Like, yeah. You can buy the space. You can have the people in line, but you're not prepared for it. And what it takes to get, to get and keep it. Cause all like, I forget what the percentage is, but 90% of businesses fell within the first two years. Mm-hmm. And I believe that that's because the person or persons is not prepared for what it takes. They weren't prepared to sustain. They got too comfortable. Uh, they stopped putting in the work. Like all these things is always the thing. Or, or you know? this is so as you, as you start to change, it'll become a new addiction. It is for me. Like, Absolutely. hundred percent. Like now I embrace change. Like I'm fascinated by it. Like I love anxiety and excitement in the brain are so close. You can barely see the difference on a brain scan. So for me, I embrace the two because I still get anxiety attacks. Sometimes I don't even notice. And I'm just embracing that adrenaline rush and I'm letting it fuel me. And so I'm, I'm just understanding it is what it is. I still have fears. I still have negative thoughts. I still have all these things, but it is never enough for me right now. And I'm still present for my wife. I still do a good job at work. I'm still there for my friends. I'm still available for other family members. No one in my life has had to genuinely sacrifice because I'm finding a way to make it work. We're just finding like, I mean, we were supposed to record something a couple of days last week and but, life got, no, and I'm not digging on you. Life <laughs> got in the way. So what do we do? It's like, Hey, okay. What are we going to do about it? We're going to make a plan and we're going to. So that's not working because I get it. Like family's important. Be there for your son. Mm -hmm. You'll never hear me say no about that. I'll never put this podcast or any business before someone's family. Let's just build a new plan to stay on point. All right. Boom. Done. Here we are. It's that simple in reality. But my point is like, I wake up, I set my feet to the floor. My intentions are already set because I've now done this so many times that this is like, this is my new autopilot. Mm -hmm. My intentions are set. And while the world still kicks me in the face all the time and I have bad days and, and bad things happen at work and things get in the way and problems with other family members and like it, that hasn't stopped. None of that has changed. What has changed is me and then I can handle it now. That's why I tell a lot of people too, like the world, just because you're on an intention, intentional plan and intentional goals and, and you're sober now and you're in recovery now or you, you're doing all these things, the world doesn't change. The world no. doesn't get better. You're not going to be able to fix the world. The you world, fix yourself. But not only that, but the world doesn't get better just right. because you did. Right. The only thing that happens is you get better. You get better at dealing with it. You get better at, at re- reacting or not reacting to it. You know, you got the choice of what I respond to and what I don't. And that's that's knowledge that comes, you know, that I think a lot of people lack. Like uh, one of the biggest things for me is like I get the ability to say no to people. Mm-hmm. I get the ability not to react when you act out of pocket. I can, I can be okay with you thinking that I'm a shithead. You know, I can be okay with you trashing my name because you know, this, the thing about the truth is it never needs to be defended. Absolutely. You know, the truth always comes to light and, and negativity will always try to take its place. And cause I believe people are fascinated by negativity. I don't, I'm still digging I, into I, understanding that right now, but yeah, the, I think it just makes them comfortable, but the point is like we have, we have a fear base around change. That's typically where our fears come from is we are afraid of the change. And if you can accept the change for what it is, and if you want to predict what's actually going to happen with that change, then you have to create it. Mm. 
That is just the bottom line because you can predict the future if you create it yourself. 100%. That's factual. I think that's a good, good spot to end this. What do you guys think? Huh? Oh, don't worry. We got, we got plenty more to talk about. We, we... I got peace spots on my jeans. <laughs> <laughs>